Uh, hey, Henry. Yes, Dylan. Um, has anyone told you you ever ever told you you look like a penis with a little hat on? No, um, but you're out of the game, so <laughs> get the book out of here. Hulk! Titan! Do you find your Hello everyone, welcome back to Frames and Fools. I'm Dylan. And I'm Henry. And this is the movie podcast where me and Henry, two longtime pals, talk about movies, and we do it with a lot of panache and excitement. With a lot of and vim and vigor. Yes, exactly. And uh, what did we watch this week, Henry? Oh, we watched A League of Their Own from 1992. 1992. 1992. Thank you. <laughs> Directed by Penny Marshall, starring Gina Davis, Madonna, and Tom Hanks. And so many others. And Rosie O'Donnell. Just and... a, a very large cast that I needed two watches to really get a hold on. And I, I want to highlight also starring John Lovitz. I thought you were going to say also starring that guy who was a minor bad guy in the Bourne trilogy. <laughs> I'm going to be like, yes. <laughs> who is that? The uh, the publicist, the one who sort of comes on and he, and he sort of talks like this. Oh yeah, yeah, with the glasses. Girls that play in bathing suits if I ask them to, like that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't figure out who the hell really? he was. And then halfway during the second watch, I was talking to my dad about the cast. I was like, oh, he's it's that guy. Yeah, he's like a, a CIA <laughs> underling in the Bourne movies. Oh, that's wild. I think the first I didn't even one. Think about that. Each movie Damn. had like. Uh, progressively more important bad guy boss and I think he was the first one and he had all the trailer quotes that were like this is the most important program we've ever seen and if it gets out (laughs) we're all ruined oh my god is he the guy who says my god it's Jason Bourne in the new one or not the new one like the (laughs) no I don't think so my god it's Jason Bourne Mike it wasn't even in the movie like the only reason I went to see that movie is because that line in the trailer (laughs) My yeah. God, it's Jason Bourne. Um, anyway, before we get to into the movie, uh, we like to do a little thing called movie moments, where we pick a moment from our life that felt like a movie, and we tell you about it. And this week, we kind of have a joint one, mm-hmm. a joint movie moment. Henry, yeah. would you like to take it away? I'd love to, Dylan. So I've been kind of behind on the art. Not that I'm getting it out late, but I'm just doing it day of a lot of times. We do art for the Instagram. Mm-hmm. And he does it involves uh, a couple frames from the movie, and we make them look like storyboards. And it involves uh, portraits of the fool of the movie, which we decide is the person who's kind of the heart and soul of the movie. So, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, we recorded a podcast for Blind Spotting, uh, which is set in Oakland. It's episode twenty. Um, so that came out uh, a week ago today. Yeah, um, go listen to it if you haven't. Yeah, it's a fun one. Um, and that stars Davi Diggs of Hamilton fame. 
um, and his buddy Rafael Casal of slam poetry and hip hop fame, um, mm-hmm. among other things. And, and whilst we were watching The Matrix, was or, it, was it what the were Matrix? we watching? I thought it was uh, I, yeah, I think... um, Torque. <laughs> was it Torque? I thought that was too recent. Maybe it was Torque. So, Man, time, so Dylan and I also by. watch movies that we don't do on the podcast, which is a fun experience. Um, <laughs> and so we're watching some movie, and we had posted the frames that day, which is, apart from the cover, the only art I had made for that week so far. And uh, the next day I had to draw the portraits. So while we're watching this movie, a um, little thing pops up on our Instagram, and it says, Rafael Casal liked your photo and <laughs> not gonna lie i thought it was fake at first i thought it was like i don't know a fan account or something because that fan happens account, yeah also yeah, way totally. to go to both rafael casal and davi Diggs. their usernames on instagram it's just their name so i have a feeling they got a win in big early. time win they probably got yeah. in very early <laughs> on the instagram game big time win um so yeah so that popped up and it was actually him and he liked the art and shared it on his story and it just Felt very good, and we're very appreciative. Um, but it just kind of gave you that chill of like, we just talked about this guy for several hours. Yeah, and... it gives you like an extra boost of yeah of uh, endorphins and like, oh hey, we're we're doing something. Yeah, it just gives you a little like somebody's paying attention. So you know? <laughs> then, um, for the next day, I needed to draw. We had chosen to pick both of them as the fool of the movie, so I had to do portraits for both characters and then yeah, that happens and i thought oh cool he's watching um <laughs> hopefully this looks Great. like him so i actually <laughs> stayed up late that night drew david Diggs, got up early the next morning drew Raphael, and yeah i think they turned out fairly well and they did. um david Diggs ended up liking his portrait he did and that was, was coincidentally our hundredth post on instagram um We've almost been doing this for six months, which yeah is crazy. And half a year. The original idea was, look, let's let's do a podcast so we can hang out more, so that we talk more often, so that we you know share this love of ours that we have, um, both for each other and for movies. Um, yes. And we agreed to do it for a year, no matter how you know successful or terms. not, which is. I don't even it's know how out. we define that. We love it. We're Doesn't having a matter. great time. Yeah. We're having a good time. Um, this feels successful to us. This is something I look forward to every week. It's kept me drawing. It's, you know, getting us to watch some fun stuff and talk about it. So we appreciate everyone who listens, everyone who likes the arts, everyone who shares yes. it, sends people our we way. We love you all, basically. Yeah. So thank you very much. That's our movie moment of the week is just kind of this <laughs> feeling of love we this love is going all well and we really we enjoy what we do so yeah thank you all moment this week uh we to commence baseball starting again mm-hmm. whether we deserve it as a country or not we don't really but it's starting again and i'm very excited big baseball guy you're not so much a baseball person i'm but happy for it's totally fine. Uh, you know <laughs> um but we decided to watch a league of their own um and I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. It was a staple in my household of baseball movies, though. So I watched it a lot as a kid, but I hadn't seen it in the hot sec. So I was very excited to get into it. Um, it's about the uh, 
professional women's baseball league that started up uh, during World War II because all the dudes were shipping off to fight off the war. Jerry. Yeah, off fighting the fucking Nazis and the Nazis. Um, and it's about all the they created a women's baseball league to fill that hole essentially. And this is about one of the teams, the Rockford Peaches, mm-hmm. uh, and their journey. And man, it's just a whole lot of fun. I love it. I um, I definitely had to write down the acronym for the league because man, it's a mouthful. It's the All American yeah. Girls Professional Baseball League. For short, the yes. AAGP BL, which does not <laughs> all American off the girls baseball league. No, it does not <laughs> whatsoever. Um, <laughs> it it ended up being sort of a prototype for professional women's sports. Um, yeah, women's sports had um, existed since you know the mid eighteen hundreds. Like it was definitely a thing, but in terms of a professional league. Where the players were paid, it was you got know got traction, got traction, yeah. got some eyeballs. Um, one of the big differences between this movie, which is a fictionalized version of how the league went, was um, it actually started off very popular, um, super popular, yeah. Partially due to the fact that um, what was it? There, there were a lot of communities where people just didn't have baseball because I don't think games were televised yet. Mm-hmm. So there were yeah. plenty of communities who welcomed this with open arms from the jump and loved yeah. it because it was mostly it was... like midwestern teams mm-hmm. they played a lot in the midwest so a lot of those communities didn't have like tvs or anything so they couldn't watch like the american league and the national league were still going at that point but they had a lot of like minor leaguers and like older players uh, but this was a more accessible thing mm-hmm. for people to watch and it continued until 1954 uh, and the advent of the the democratization of the television kind of yeah. killed it essentially, because people could you know watch other shit in other mm-hmm. places. But it's pretty so, rad yeah. that it stuck around for eleven years. Yeah, it is really cool, and it seems like that legacy has kind of lived on and really sparked a lot of other things in other various mm-hmm. sports, and just in general was a really cool example of what happens when you give shit a chance and you know, you mm-hmm. open the doors to people that weren't given those opportunities before on such a grand stage. So that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in the movie, they kind of play up a bit of that conflict and struggle. And then initially the league is poorly attended and then they get all these gimmicks going to kind of give it some, give it some gas, Panache. which is, you yeah. know, very nineties movies and very, well, that's also like very Hollywood and it works. The thing I, the thing I kind of like about it is, yeah, it's like, um, it's a fictionalized, obviously, like it was popular and profitable, but the, the concept of like gimmicks and entertainment at a baseball game is it's pretty core, right? Long, long and time honored. Like, yeah, the some of the best baseball you're ever gonna watch is at like a, a double A baseball game out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And what's uh, and what's double A for those at home? Du- so there's. Yeah, so if you don't know baseball, there's the major leagues, and then every team has their minor league affiliates. So once they draft people, they put them through the training camps, essentially. So there's single A, double A, and triple A, and it goes from, like, you know, worst players on up, uh, and they kind of have to play through the system. So each town has their own team with, like, prospects in it and whatnot. Um, So when I say, like, double A, when you go to, like, a double A baseball game, there's maybe like 400 people there. 
you know, there's like 50, 50 cent hot dog nights. There's just a lot of weird gimmicky shit mm-hmm. going on. And that's like kind of part of the charm of baseball um, where, you know, it's an experience at the same builder, time, right? Like at its core, it's yeah. meant to kind yeah. of, they're described as farms a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's the farm. League. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're developing players. Essentially. They're mm-hmm. the farm leagues. They're developing players for their big league club. Yeah. Um, which leaves a lot of room the, for shenanigans and tomfoolery. Yeah, because they gotta they gotta make money. They gotta bring people to the park. So when that happens, is there's constantly like on field games in the middle of an inning. So like, <laughs> you'll get to see like a team's number one prospect like hit a home run. That's gonna be a hall of famer someday. And just before that happens, in the middle of an inning, you'll see some dude you know, like spinning around on a bat, like throwing a pie in somebody's face or like dressed as a hamburger, like trying to play some sort of weird game. You're speaking from experience and it's just so with that last one. I, yeah, I, I was fantastic uh, pictures of that actually. <laughs> some of my best baseball experiences were at minor league games. That's why a part of this, that's why I love a lot of these baseball movies is because they, especially this one, they kind of get to the heart and soul of it and the smaller, more intimate, like experiences at a ballpark are the the fun parts um so in closing the gimmicks they go hand in hand gimmicks Mm. and baseball they those are those are the best like strawberries and cream (laughs) like american apple pie cherry pie cherry pie apple pie which one's more patriotic in your mind apple pie cherry pie I think it used to be cherry pie, and then something happened. No, it we, didn't. we turned our backs on cherry pie. No, it was apple pie, Chevrolet, baseball, America. Like those are like the. American but I think that's more things. modern. I, for some reason, in my head, cherry pie is still up there. It's still. Huh. Mind you, I haven't eaten cherry pie in God knows how long. <laughs> yeah. Nor am I the most patriotic person. But yeah. for some reason, in my head. I'll have to, we'll have to we'll have to fact check that yeah. check in next time to the answer of if cherry pie was the first america's pie but don't google it just <laughs> just wait for us to figure it out it'll build suspense yeah please um let's get another into it. like oh yeah another before we start another notable aspect of this um is pretty much all the characters are women it was directed by a woman it was written by women it is you know four sports movies that's not a super regular occurrence. Mm. So this was a really like big point in movie history, having like a sports movie made by women starring women and a good sports movie at that. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like what it is a can't be unsaid through all this. But when I think all of the actors, with the exception of Gina Davis, I was a little hazy on that, but all of the actors who played baseball in the movie, they didn't have stunt doubles for those baseball stunts. No. They actually played yeah. and yeah, did they did you see. a they did a huge tryout of like two thousand women to see who could play baseball. Um, and that's one of the parts that I really love about this movie is that the baseball action is really good. And for me, you can tell when a baseball movie is not good by when the people playing the game just can't. You can tell that they're bad at it it's kind of like music in movies as well exactly yeah like you can tell like oh, they have they've never played baseball before in their life <laughs> you yeah. know uh but mostly everyone in this is mm-hmm. fucking great and rosie o'donnell apparently could like hit balls to the to the fence in major league parks 
she was nice. also great. Yeah. So there, like, there was a lot of good montages, a lot of good action. I got so really pumped. Good. The mon- this is the kind of shit I need to get into baseball. Yeah. Because this is the montages. So exciting. Um, the montages are, I think, the be- one of the best parts about this movie. Yeah. And I was honestly so I forgot how great they were. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to critically judge movies like this because this was like a staple in my household. So I was just watching this and I was like, I, I don't know. Well, let awesome. me just like, rip it a new one. <laughs> yeah, rip it to shreds. I'm please, just kidding. God. I had a great time with this movie. Um, overall thoughts, I. I had a great time. It's definitely an early 90s movie, which I didn't realize was so close to 80s movies. Like, it feels very, uh, at this point, old and charming and just something different. It's got its own 90s flavor to it where people will say shit or a joke will happen, and I'll just be taken aback for a second. I think this might also be one of if not the oldest movies we've done on the podcast so oh shit that's embarrassing well i mean it, it is what it is <laughs> but it, it kind of took me aback because uh early on uh john lovitz who plays this oh. talent scout oh. and who apparently they when they <laughs> tested the film with audiences he's he's very mean yeah. in the movie and he sort of he's says all these different things, funny. and he insults everybody. And everything he says is either mean or like just super blunt. And he had a, like a much bigger role, and they like boiled it down to his yeah. like funniest, meanest lines. That's what I read as well. <laughs> is that people just responded to him being an asshole, and yeah. it works. Like he's super mean. No one really calls him on it, and it just kind Honestly, of it works yeah. somehow. Like he's just a total asshole. It's so. But good. he does it with enough this... pizzazz that it just it flies. And it kind of feels like, I don't know, maybe the 40s were like that. Maybe they were just like, all right, you milkmaids, don't eat the grass. Like, you're here to play baseball. God, I hate it when they get attached to me. I'm going to go home and give the wife the old pickle tickle, <laughs> then split. Like, he literally just so vulgar. <laughs> there's something about, like, there's charming assholes in mm-hmm. movies where, like, rogues i believe we call them he's, yeah they're he's not a yes, rogue, rogues. But... they're assholes yeah no but like they say they say mean shit but it's like really funny it's like super funny and it's it's playful too like he's not it doesn't seem like he's just an like a mean asshole he's playing it for the humor well, there's, and there's kind of a bounce obviously. to it and there's kind of like this all right you chickadees like <laughs> you're going to chicago so, like the whole thing it's, just... it's john Lovitz. Yeah. it's he, he is literally i forgot how funny John Lovitz is. I honestly think he's one of the funniest people alive. How do you he how do you describe his performance? Because I tried to it's not monotone because he has these large outbursts. It's kind of deadpan. It is. It's it's this thing where his yeah. face is kind of the same exact and he just he doesn't it's doesn't disdain. twitch, doesn't yeah. It's disdain. He has this certain amount of disdain for everything that he sees. Sure, sure. Like when when they're milking the cows and he comes in and is like, doesn't that hurt them? And she's like, guess not. And he's like, it bruised the hell out of me. And he's just like, he's he just has disdain for everyone And he kind of says everything that comes into his head, it feels like. <laughs> it's very My funny. favorite one, though, is uh, is when she says like, you know, you're a really mean guy. And he's like, ooh, that one hurt. So long, milkmaids. <laughs> he's <Yeah>. just like. <laughs> ooh, he just that leaves. one hurt. <laughs> So long, milkmaids. There is one thing that he says that I'm actually going to incorporate into my uh, everyday oh, no. uh, dialogue, and it's uh, 
it's been a slice of heaven is what he says to them <laughs> yeah, when he okay, leaves. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. And I fucking love that one. Like it's that's been a slice a, of heaven. Yeah, like I don't know that may not fly, but when I leave, I'll be like, it's been a slice of heaven, and then, <laughs> and then just leave. Like, and then everyone looks yeah. at each other like, did he just say that it's been a Did slice he just of heaven? Say... <laughs> I mean, it's a good one. I fuck with it. I it's, like it's it a lot. It's a good one. It's a really good one. <laughs> um. Um, so the while movie... we're on the quotes, can I, can I just read one more while we're on his quotes specifically? Because yep, we're not going to get back not? to it. Uh, one of my other favorites is when he is on the train and he's talking to the guy about his selling thing. Oh and he's like, God. you know, if I had your job, I'd kill myself. And he's like, I'm going to go find a gun. Or he gets up. He I'll see if I can scare up a pistol. <laughs> he says something yeah. like that. Oh, it's incredible. That, I think that's the last of his lines because he's not in it for very long, but no. he's one of the unsung heroes in this whole movie, I think. He's yeah. so fantastic. So the movie starts, What it, does it start in the 90s? Is it meant to be like modern day? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, one of my like weird parts about this movie is I think the old stuff is like, specifically <laughs> the Madonna song is like not great. No, it's like, very I, early 90s. <laughs> um, it's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, but it starts in the 90s, and uh, Dottie, not, yeah, Dottie, the lady, mm-hmm. old Gina Davis, who, they did an incredible job finding old people that look like Yes, okay, I was going to bring this up <laughs> the very first thing. So it starts in the 90s, so they have to have older counterparts for all of the main actors. They got uh, yeah. Lynn Cartwright to play older Dottie, and it helps yeah. that they 80-yard gina davis's voice in over it but lynn yeah. cartwright does an incredible subtle performance she's so good where she it, it comes down to the lips for me uh gina davis yeah. frequently has her mouth uh, like her lips up like you can see her teeth and she does this kind of thing mm-hmm. when she's kind of at rest or when she's thinking and lynn cartwright honest to god until i looked it up for a second i thought that I it thought was the best they, old, old makeup. person I makeup. It was old makeup yeah i I I was blown away, and then you see yeah. more people later on in the film that are old versions of, and they nailed it. it. They did, yeah, so, especially with the so good. The lady who played Kit, when she yes. hugs her at the end and she does the eye thing, and you're like, oh man, she nailed yes. it. <laughs> does the eye thing and like the the older version of Madonna, um, yeah, the older version oh, so of Marla. It it's it's quite good. Yes. Yeah, but basically, inspired like inspired casting. I wish I wrote down who did the so casting, good. but it so good. It's, it's incredible. Speaking uh, but, of Madonna, I didn't figure out uh, till halfway through that it was her. It was Madonna, even though yeah. I saw her name in the opening credits, and I was kind of like, "Oh, cool," and just ignored it. And I then, I mean, <laughs> later yeah, I was I like, always... "This this one person is very charismatic. Like this one actor that they're focusing on is really good." <laughs> incredibly good. I haven't seen her in anything else other than Dick Tracy, as far as I know. And she was yeah. really good in that as well. Um, I, she is, after they like get to the tryouts, John Lovitz like, recruits them, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dottie and Kit, her younger sister, they recruit them after like some, I don't want to go or whatever. Mm-hmm. They recruit them, and then they go to the tryouts at Wrigley Field or Harvey Field. Um, the Harvey candy bar people. Yeah, they the guy. flipped it. I don't know why they 
did they not get it was permission just probably, from Wrigley or a, something? Yeah, it's okay. probably just like a permission thing. Um, is essentially supposed to be Wrigley Field mm-hmm. and Wrigley. And real life, stuff, it was but... Wrigley Field, and Wrigley was the company yeah. that bankrolled yeah. the enterprise as a the whole thing as a large advertisement for their product. Yeah, but when they go to the tryout and uh, Rosie O'Donnell and and Madonna show up. They are just the best. Like they, they I, kick ass. Their duo. They kick so much ass. Yeah, is iconic. It's really and they really fit good. the the thing about baseball movies is when you watch them, you're always gonna have the same archetypes. Mm. There's always that person on the team. There's always the Rosie O'Donnell sort of character, and those two, Madonna and Rosie, o, Rosie O'Donnell is what I just Ooh, almost said. Damn, good, good couple names. <laughs> Sorry, um, no, O'Donnell and and. Madonna, they fit the the stereo not stereotypes, but character types of every baseball movie. Oh yeah, and they do it so fucking well, mm-hmm. like just so good. I love them. They're my one of my favorite parts of this movie. All their interactions, for sure, are great. And I mean, I feel like Love It's Leaves and hands off like the brash torch. Yes, to Rosie O'Donnell. You know what yes. I mean? Like absolutely, it gets picked yeah. Up and then that's how it's carried the rest of the movie there's always characters that are you know mm-hmm. talking smack or kind of mocking the situation and yes yeah totally which is um great. something about did you i have a question for you mm-hmm. did you find this uh overly cheesy overly schlocky overly sentimental um the ending very much so once they get to the yeah. museum um pretty darn cheesy and saccharine but it worked for me but it was yeah. it, it was almost too much um there were moments throughout the movie that were fairly cheesy and you kind of see it coming and things like that but yeah. maybe i'm just nostalgic i well, really liked it um yeah i think if it was in a modern movie i'd turn it off you know what i mean but something about the other thing i was trying to figure out about it um Period pieces, especially from the 90s, feel really good to me. I really like the production design, and I was trying to figure the out texture what... Texture is really good. Yeah, the and I figured out... I think it's really a good. lack of plastic in the sets, props, costumes. Yeah. A lot more wood, metal, stone, cloth, things like that. So, like, the... the world feels really nice, and the film, the, the way they shoot it feels so good. And I especially felt that in, a, in the locker rooms... Um, at the fields and in yeah. the bar that they go to where they're dancing. Oh, um, I love that scene. Yeah. That felt so late eighties, early nineties ish for some reason, even though it's a period piece and even though it's done yeah. well, it still had that, that delicious well, flavor. Like when you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark and he goes to Nepal and he's in that bar, something yeah. like it's that same thing. You can feel like it's, the tables in your yeah. mind, you can feel the walls and it just, it's good. The reason why I asked if you thought it was too sentimental or schlocky or whatever mm-hmm. is a, like a, a big thing with a lot of baseball movies and why some people don't like them is a lot of them are very sentimental and oh, very kind of yes. schlocky. Every every goddamn one. <laughs> All of them that I've watched from The Rookie to Sandlot, Bad News Bears. Um, what I've found, the people who don't like them usually don't like baseball mm-hmm. because like these movies are targeted specifically at baseball people and we just fucking eat it up. Yeah, like you do. 
we just love the game so much we're just like yeah this game's the best and usually the people who don't like it it either don't like baseball (laughs) the first baseball hits the first bat in the movie you're like i like this this is good yeah Mm. yes hits the spot don't 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 you like this honey (laughs) it's good right it's good it's good well the thing about the 90s though especially 90s period pieces uh the 90s was like uh golden age for baseball movies mm-hmm. like the late 80s and the 90s they were just like pumping out baseball movies like left and right constantly i have a theory um what so i've been i've been diving into a lot of uh lindsay ellis who's on youtube and uh-huh. she studied film did these various things and the 90s in our like country's history was this weird uh-huh. period where like there wasn't a whole lot shitty going on in terms of like large scale you know we weren't in a world war we weren't doing these different things and the way she describes movies in that time because it was kind of not dead because it was just kind of low-key you saw a lot of disaster movies you saw a lot of nostalgic isn't america dope movies yeah and it it was kind of this this crop of things that were you know it wasn't the 70s where there's a bunch of like anti-vietnam stuff it wasn't like Oh, the Hayes Code is over, so we're gonna make a bunch of violent shit. It was like, yeah, kind of this well, new I, era of like, let's make stuff that feels good. Let's watch baseball. Yeah. Let's let's well, blow some like cities also, up. Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> I feel like it also has to do with the filmmakers that were like uh, making movies at the time. If obviously, if you're making movies in the '90s, you're what like anywhere between 30 to like 50 or whatever, however mm-hmm. old you are. Sure. So you you grew up at a time where baseball was like it. big, yeah. In like yeah, the late fifties and sixties and even the seventies, baseball was just like that's massive. true. That's very true. So a lot of this can be I I think chalked up to like nostalgia for baseball from like creators and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I don't know, baseball was exciting in the the 90s not necessarily the late 90s but well that was when anyway, we, they were kind of trying to like revive it a bit re- revive some interest and they were going for like big records big home runs well no that was the that was the like so in i believe 1994 there was a player strike mm-hmm. so halfway through the season they canceled the season it's the first time there wasn't a world series since was that world time II. michael jordan was doing his thing in baseball i feel I like he got caught so. up in that Maybe like that was part of. I can't why remember specifically. No, no, that that's not why he went back. But well, it, um, it was kind at of that point. Back. At that point in the nineties, they were trying to basically baseball was like dead, and people were like mad at the owners and mad at the players, and because of money, they were just like you people. You, all you care about is money, blah blah blah. So baseball was kind of dead. Like it was having a lot of problems. So, like, obviously putting a bunch of content out into the world to, like, make baseball popular again is a, is a way to drum up support and whatnot for people to come back. But the 2000s is kind of when the steroid era, the late 90s, early 2000s is when the steroid era started. Mm-hmm. And dudes were hitting home runs. And there was the Maguire-Sosa home run chase, single season record. That's kind of around when that was going on is the 2000s for gotcha. reference. Anyway, back to the movie. <laughs> yeah, so to your earlier point, you are asking if I found it cheesy i think one of the things that did feel uh not forced but maybe a little shoehorned and maybe a little contrived was some of the derision and misogyny it comes off as really campy like particularly that scene where the first game there's a guy that's like standing on the roof of the dugout like mocking them and yeah 
he's a grown man and it sounds like a he's a child like 10 year old trying to be mean to women um Uh and it just it felt there wasn't like bite to a lot of it like the whole movie was very kind of cozy even in it's like more you know nowadays in 2020 we watch something and you watch tom hanks character some of the shit he says is like not okay um yeah but for some reason, even in this movie, people don't really react to it, and it doesn't really have that kind of bite. So it feels it feels kind of cheesier, and it feels I don't know. And there's a couple speeches like, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, bah, bah, bah. That one guy. I didn't put his name at the beginning. Oh, David uh, Strathern, who plays Ira, the publicist. He's got a couple speeches like he does this like dramatic 180 and all of a sudden is like all for the women and all for like the cause. He goes from being like totally mercenary to all of a sudden being like this champion. And he kind of gives this. um, Did you see Hidden Figures? No. The one about NASA? No. There's a pretty famous. Yeah. There's a pretty famous like white savior Michael Keaton speech that he gives. Okay. Where he's like we're going to treat these three black women scientists the same as anyone else. And it's supposed to be this rah, rah moment, but it kind of came off Isn't it the Kevin Costner, like, bathroom scene? Where he, like, Kevin Costner. Is it Kevin Costner? Yeah, yeah, I think it's Kevin Costner. Yeah, he's the guy in in Hidden Figures. I think it's it's Cost, and he, like, hits the bathroom sign down, and he's like, everybody pees the same color. We can all go to the pees in the same place. Everybody (laughs) pees the same color. But but it's that kind of moment in this movie where – Tom Hanks, I actually believed it more because you see him, you know, begrudgingly kind of get this respect for the women because he's like, oh, mm-hmm. you guys can play. Kind of sees the yeah. error of his ways, sees Dottie yeah. giving it up and is like, hey, look, you, I yeah. fucked up and I wish I could have it back. So don't do not do that. Don't go down that road. So that made more sense, yeah. even though it's still kind of funny to watch Tom Hanks try to be despicable. I love it. It's hilarious, and it it doesn't feel evil to me. He can say the worst shit, and I'd be like, oh, Tom. Like, it's kind of a problem. Well, that's something about uh, baseball movies also is, like, there is this thing. It's hard to explain where you have, like, angry manager characters in baseball movies mm-hmm. are also kind of a staple like or drunk bad news managers bears, or coaches drunk managers Why yeah is it's that classic come up it's because that's what them. well cuz that's what baseball was and has been and like not the necessarily the bad stuff but like drunk managers a lot of drunks like ruin their careers because they were drunks like uh Tom Hanks's character, Jimmy Dugan, was based off of Jimmy Fox and another guy. I can't remember what his name is, but like, that's like a reoccurring theme in just Baseball the sport. Itself. Okay. Yeah. So, like, a lot of these kind of drunk characters come back again and again. Um, and, you know, it's weird because, you know, we idolize them because they're funny. They're not mm-hmm. good people. Like, I don't know. It's, it's complicated because, like, in Bad News Bears, Walter Matthau is like, yeah. the shittiest of people but some of the shit he says is so fucking funny oh and yeah it's just like i get why it works like yeah. it definitely it, yeah it strikes a chord and it's it's more entertaining than if he's just a good person you know i feel like it's, it's either the, someone's it's the, despicable and yeah. they learn to be less despicable but they're funny the whole time or someone's you know kind of a has-been who doesn't believe in themselves and everyone else gets yeah. them to believe in themselves you know it's the heart of gold it's the heart of gold mentality of like yeah 
Jimmy Dugan, Tom Hanks' character, has a heart of gold. Yeah. But he's got a lot of fucking problems. Yeah, <laughs> You know, sure. like, it's that kind of thing. He's for, like, a um, minute straight when he comes in. When he first <laughs> meets the team. Scene. It's so funny. And he, honest to God, yeah. peace for about a minute. And the women are just standing there. And Madonna starts timing him. It's so and it good. Was, and when... When oh, that wow. when they were shooting that, Tom Hanks didn't even know how long he was gonna be peeing. Penny Marshall, the director, had a, a hose in a stall and was making the <laughs> peeing noises. So he was purely reacting on how long she was like doing the noises. And you can kind of see it at the end when he like is shaking his head and he's just like <laughs> Yeah, he's <laughs> just like, like going silly. Oh man. Yeah. That's good. Uh, okay, yeah. that's really good. I love he's, that shit because that, so that's a pretty funny gag, but knowing that it was kind of this on the day of sort of thing as well, that makes yeah, me happy. Yeah, it feels authentic. Mm-hmm. I, the first time I watched this, I was a little drunk. So this is probably <laughs> all right, why all this All cards happened. on the table, guys. I was yeah, a yeah. little drunk. <laughs> but the second time that I watched it, I was very sober. Stone and this moment cold still sober. hit. Um, the moment where they're looking at the lines lineups to see who made the team yeah and there's the one lady there who's like how do you do this tears. every time i like it you know there's a, a shift and we're about to talk about something we're else, about to talk to the same thing my <laughs> eyes will just drop down to my notes and be like all right bring up the feel-good moment with shirley baker who can't read blah 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 and then you'll go and i'm like oh i'll hold it i'll hold it and then it's you <laughs> I, I end up talking about it anyway well this yes this moment like it it hit me on like i cried I actually like cried at this moment it, because like well it was so positive because the the girl gets up to help her helps her find the thing and even the like kind of mean manager guy is like if you're out you're out even he's like happy to see that she's on the team and is like yeah come on sit with your team come and on, all the yeah. girls are clapping and they're all happy and it just it's so nice yeah like it, I, the, I wasn't the thing sorry the thing I, I wasn't crying about the happiness of it the reason why I connected with this. Uh, is like because I can't read. Well, no, kind no, I can read, but like <laughs> I've felt that kind of like um, embarrassment and fear about like being stupid. I guess like I I'm dyslexic, so when I was a kid, it it like took me a really 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 long time to learn how to read, and I have to go to tutors and stuff. So like the like her crying like i've felt that before of like i'm completely lost right now mm-hmm. and i don't know i it's don't want to tell people that i don't know how to do this yeah. yeah and it i that scene for some reason they just fucking nailed it and i was like god damn how did they get that right <laughs> <laughs> they and then it's just re- <laughs> it's reaffirming to watch her come up and be like Oh, honey, you can't read. Like, let me help you. And then everyone's yeah. super nice, and and even the fucking coach is like smiling. It's so sweet. Yeah, I think it's a really great. What's moment. the movie we watched recently where it was kind of a similar thing? Skate Kitchen. Um, Skate Kitchen was yeah, another yeah, yeah. example of, for the most part, everyone was really Positivity. positive and nice, and it felt yeah. so good. And then yeah. it didn't feel good when they kind of put in some conflict. For me, it was a similar thing with the um, sibling rivalry in the movie. Uh huh. Yeah. The whole movie was so good and it was so like there was already like stuff going on that was kind of conflict and it just made me sad to see the siblings not get along. And maybe that's effective storytelling because I felt something, but Yeah. It just made me sad, man. I was like, You guys are both good. That's like fair. Kit, you're good too. 
Dottie just wants yeah. you to be the best player you can. That's why she said like you're you're throwing what you say throwing grapefruits. She's throwing she's throwing grapefruits. Throwing up there. grapefruits. Yeah, and it just <laughs> yeah like you're both I, good. You're both there. Like just yeah, be good. Be there. Um, I kind of related to that a little bit. Like I'm a really? younger sibling. Yeah, I'm a younger well sibling. And yeah, I think. Sorry, not to cut you off, but there was the scene no, in the no, dugout no. where she said something. They're both really frustrated, and Kit says something to her that I should have written down, where she was like, she was like, you're right. Like, you're always right, and I'm wrong. And she says it in this yeah. way that she's not angry about the fact that you she's right and she's wrong. She's, she's always just, right. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, I, I hate it that that's the way it is. And yeah. that felt really, really true. So even though I was bummed I've, by yeah. the conflict, the writing was solid enough that yeah. it resonated, especially once that scene happened. Then I, I went, okay, so it's not just a shoehorned in thing. They did yeah. a really good job with that. I've definitely had that experience as a younger sibling mm-hmm. where like my older brother is usually always right. And it is really frustrating because you're like, I'm an individual. Like just fucking stop being right all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be right like, sometimes too. I, yeah. Like I'm good also. Okay. Like, Please, I just want some respect. Yeah, that demand that, uh, respect. Looking, respect. looking up at everybody as you're saying it. <laughs> I demand to be taken seriously. I demand to be taken seriously. <laughs> uh, also, we're we're continuing the role of adorable children, uh, no, even though no, that kid is I like a nightmare. Hate him. He's adorable. No. What are you talking about? I have about? written down. Christ, that little kid is perfectly annoying. I hate his face. <laughs> I hate everything about him. He's so funny. And then the, kudos to the casting director. The older version yeah. of him looks exactly like Insane. him. And then yeah, imitates exactly the, like you're going to lose. And I just, <laughs> oh, I wanted to throw something. I was so well, mad. Well, you, you had the reaction that Tom Hanks has. And he's like, get that kid away from there. Like, yes. he's, I love how pissed he no, is Perfect casting. It's one of those things where it was like, oh, they did a good job with that. And I hate it. I hated it so <laughs> Much. The only thing I will say is some of the writing, it was just, it fell in the same wheelhouse as the misogyny in this movie, where it felt like someone was like, we need a kid being annoying. And they had the kid <laughs> say things like, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose. And it's just yeah. like wheedling and fucking, oh, and mocking. And he's wearing a little sailor outfit. He's got chocolate he's, on his face. I fucking hate it. Oh. He's like the most annoying child you could possibly oh, ever imagine it's incredible there is that amazing shot where tom hanks and the mom are holding the kid horizontally and shaking him and trying to get like, something out of his mouth sh- like a dog some- <laughs> and he says yeah. the kid ain't the lineup yeah <laughs> so the montages are so great in this this is one of the best montage movies i've ever seen and they just they get you hyped and included in that montage was uh the scene where like one of the balls goes down the line and there's the group of like black women who are down the line yes let's talk about the ball and like fires it in they they included that scene because the writers said like we were really disappointed that because of like historical accuracy and like this is Mm -hmm. what it was that we couldn't make the movie more diverse yeah because we were focusing specifically on these people so like we felt we all we had to include that scene to give like some sort of like uh kudos to them because like they were doing it also they just weren't allowed to you know i i couldn't tell how i felt about it um 
because on the one hand, you know, researching the league, I knew that it was informally segregated like the other men's leagues yeah. were. So just it, it came down to no black players were recruited. They yeah. basically went out of their way to do that. Um, so it's I liked it because it was a nod to that not so great fact, but also saying that it wasn't for lack of black players, right? It's that those women yeah. were out there. They just weren't given that chance. Um, yeah. On the other hand, I felt that it was very like blink and you miss it. And I don't have a better solution other than maybe they could have had someone who was like helping out the team or someone that they encounter on their travels who is black and talks about wanting to play. And they gave it a, just fair. a bit more time. Yeah. The only yeah. thing that felt weird for me, I thought they, they did a fairly good job. And I liked the fact that they wanted to kind of pay that respect. It felt mm-hmm. so blink and you miss it that it 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 left me feeling weird, just a little bit. That's fair. I uh, about that scene. They're they're making a a new TV show about this, mm-hmm. um, and somebody on Twitter clipped that scene and was like, uh, "The new league of their own should be this scene happens, and then instead of following the white women." we follow these characters and the shows about them instead of like what we've, we already know. And I was like, Oh man, that's like the best idea ever. And, and they're definitely have, not going to do know, that. But, <laughs> and that's kind of like, my mind goes there too, where it's like, it's nice that you kind of paid this lip service, but that woman's not a character, right? It's almost like, well, that this super I, I, I understand cameo. that. I, I get it too. There's and really I, nothing yes. like there's so much packed into it that, and it's already there a super long movie, and they're, they're already covering yeah. a lot of ground. So I definitely understand it, but it made me want more from that, and it made me want another movie that had nothing to do with this. You know what I mean? Like, this is an amazing story that needs to be Which, told. Also, yeah. can we get a movie about, like, the Negro League? Yeah, no, there there is a movie. There's a couple movies about yeah. it. I will, let's do it. I'll let's link them let's go on a let's go on a baseball journey. Dude, I went on after I, I watched this movie. I watched three baseball movies after because I was like, I'm in this. Let's fucking go. Uh, let's talk about the most famous one of the most famous lines of all time uh, that Tom Hanks says. There's no crying in baseball. It's a classic. Even if you don't like baseball or know what baseball is, if you grew up in America. You probably have heard somebody say that before. Usually at you while you're crying. Usually, well, yeah. I mean, I, more so it's a joke these days because, like, yeah. I don't subscribe to that that sort of, like, coaching style. Um, that's a whole other thing, but it's such a great line. And and then later they come back to it, and he goes up to her, and she he's yeah. like... He's like dying, I, trying I not to yell that. at her. I was gonna send that clip to you. I, I took, I like filmed my screen with that part, and he's got his hands yeah. up, and he's not saying anything, and his face is just twisting, and it looks like he wants to like just grab her and shake her, Kill and he somebody, doesn't say anything, yeah. and then he squeaks out something along the lines of like, "You're still doing work this thing. Your, I need you to work on that for next season. before next season." And then she kind of smiles and nods and leaves. And then he turns and his hands are still doing the thing. And he's just yeah. like containing it. That that scene uh, portrays to me how how much of a gem Young Hanks is. Mm-hmm. Young Hanks is so incredible. No, no shade to, to old Hanks, but old Hanks has got absolutely nothing 
on young, like, comedic Hanks. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> and it reminds me of, like, uh, you ever seen The Money Pit? With, no. with With Tom Hanks? There's a scene where he... <laughs> It's about him and his wife. They buy this huge house for like $50,000 and it's a disaster and they try to like fix it, but everything is falling apart constantly. Mm -hmm. And there's this scene where there's this rug on the ground and he steps on it and falls through a hole in the ground and he's, he's stuck at home. You can't see it, but his hands are stuck in this hole and he can't get out. So he's just wiggling there the whole night. His wife is his like gone, so he's just stuck there. Oh, and the way that Tom Hanks does it, he's just sitting there just doing these weird things. And at a certain point, he's like, he's singing the banana song, Hannah, Hannah, Bobana, feet, five, Bobana. Yeah. He's like singing that and just doing all these like weird fucking things. Just Young Hanks is the best. That scene's great. So you should watch The Money Pit. Ugh, so good. Penny Marshall, who directed um, this, also did big with big, Tom Hanks. Yes. But in that scene when he says, uh, there's no crying in baseball, my favorite line, actually, my two favorite moments are after that happens, when the umpire comes up to him and he looks at the umpire and he says, she's crying, sir, as if, like, he should know. Yeah, I was waiting for him to turn <laughs> to her and be like, there's no crying in baseball. Like, I was there's waiting no for him yeah. to say it. <laughs> she's crying, sir. And then he turns around and he says, has anyone ever told you that you look like a penis with a little hat on? <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, just fucking great. Um, yeah, this is, for me, turning into a, a Chris Farley episode. Um, <laughs> is there anything else that uh, you have to say? I have a couple more things, and that's about it. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I have a brief thing about uh, fake old footage. Mm-hmm. I am so damn nitpicky. I'm such a nitpicky asshole yeah. when it comes to fake vintage footage because it's got to be done. It's hard to get right. So well. Yeah. Um, I feel like there were two examples in this. There's the beginning transition into the past, and there's mm-hmm. a newsreel later. The transition into the past is okay, but you can tell mm-hmm. the second it becomes a reproduction yeah. instead of the real yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. The newsreel they do later is so fucking good. And mm-hmm. it, oh man, I mean, I could soapbox on this for a long time, but one of the, like, it's not just the filter you slap on it it's the way you shoot it it's the the way people act in the footage Mm -hmm. that implies that they're real people that a news camera is filming as opposed to actors Mm -hmm. um it's it's so many things and that newsreel footage is so well done yeah it just kicked ass it was so so good um but so it was interesting to see a good and a not so good example in the same movie um, God, there's so many like good little scenes. I've got all these little things that are just things I loved, like um, Marla doing the batting. Her initial scene when they find her and she's in the gymnasium, just oh, smacking just balls mashing, around, is yeah, iconic. It's so baseballs. good. Later, um, when she's singing at the bar, it's super funny. Oh, I love that. I'm singing to Nelson. I'm singing to Nelson. I'm singing to Nelson. <laughs> um, and he's like, yeah, you are. <laughs> and then when she's at bat and they're doing like the signals, um, uh-huh. I was going to ask you, so there's that scene where she's at bat and at this point, Tom Hanks hasn't been a very good coach, so he's not really giving any guidance. And Dottie, the main character, is kind of taking it upon herself yeah. to do the signals um, to the batter and kind of yeah. tell him what to do. 
So she kind of yeah. like whistles and then like does this thing where she tugs her ears and like pats her head does and the shoulders. Signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Marla's like, yeah, and then goes to bat. And then Tom Hanks is like, <laughs> no, and starts giving <laughs> conflicting hand signals. And it's very funny. Yeah. And at a certain point, there's a shot where both Tom Hanks and Gina Davis are both doing like town. crazy <laughs> signals. And Marla is stepping back and forth in and out of the, the, the batting box. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, are signals like that? Is that a legal thing? Yeah, yeah. That's that's signs. That's usually the reason why you have like a third base coach. Usually the third base coach gives the signs. Um, and that some usually comes from the manager. So the managers in the dugout, they give the signs about like what to do. That's so wild you know? to me. That's yeah. so wild. Okay. And there's huge scandals of sign stealing. Like this is a huge part of the game also. It's kind of gamesmanshipy where like yeah. if – the other team can decipher the signs about what's going to happen. Yeah. They're, you know, allowed to take them. Because, like, if your signs aren't good enough, then, like, you know, bad shit. Like, your signs suck. You got to change them up. But then there's a whole nother thing right now going on in baseball where uh, the Houston Astros uh, used cameras at their home field to oh, no. look at signs to see what the pitcher was going to throw and then used all sorts of different ways to tell the hitter before the pitch was going to come what pitch it was. Oh no. And that sort of sign stealing is not cool. That's, like no, that's, that's like not that's analog. Fucked. That's that's Yeah, skeevy. and it's yeah. Okay. It's skeevy. Their their whole plan was they had a camera, they had a dude in the the tunnel right behind the the bullpens. Yeah. They had a dude with a huge monitor and a trash can. And he'd watch the signs, and the moment he found the signs, he'd bang the trash ba- trash can, like one for fastball, two for like whatever pitch, super loud, so that whoever was hitting could hear it. And you can go online and, and watch the games and hear like, just like this loud like double bang before like a pitch would come. Jeez. Yeah, super fucked up. But yeah, oh, signs man. are very much a thing in baseball, and the the humor of. The signs are is hilarious. That's always a classic, classic thing. Love it. Um, there's a lot of really good trains in this movie. A lot of really good buses. Oh, um, yes. This made me want to travel. <laughs> like. Oh yes. It, it just. Oh, I love that. Um, it it idolizes like the the Midwest farm also, which oh, is so shit. I, yeah, I have tantalizing. That. <laughs> One of my first things. <laughs> um, I had it written down. Oh shit! Where is it? Oh yeah, I wrote. I know I'd hate it on a farm. But the shot when the car rolls up to it makes me, me want to live the there. And there's like the trees yeah, around yeah. the farmhouse, and it just looks so yeah. good. And it, yeah, that ba- a lot of baseball movies do that really well too. They yeah, make what you the like, hell? Go live out in the corn. Yeah, baseball movies making you want to <laughs> fucking live in a cornfield. I'm like, don't do that. I don't need that kind of Sounds influence. Awesome. Um, yeah, seriously. So many good comedic lines we've already said rosie o'donnell is just fantastic in this um, madonna are great yeah madonna i'm in love with madonna in this movie she's the best <laughs> yeah she's she's pretty great uh her dancing is athletic. oh that whole dancing scene that's swing yeah, dancing, right? so much fun for the most part i think so okay it makes me want to dance like that it i know like so much fun you know, I, know. I thought for sure like that time. Madonna was gonna smack her head with some of those like things where the guy picks her up and throws her around like Flying a sack around. of potatoes. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess you just gotta dance so with the right fun. sized people. Um, 
Apparently, all of the injuries and bruises that the actors had were real. Were real. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, that big one. Yeah, Renee Coleman, when they take a picture of that huge fucking bruise it on her leg. hung around for like six months or yeah, something. Yeah, it didn't said. go away yeah. for a really long time. I was like, Jesus Christ. My favorite part of that scene, actually, is a very small minor thing that Tom Hanks does where he takes a photo and then he sa- he like takes it and he's like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. And then he like walks away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, oh, yeah, he's cool. got a lot of really good ones. Like when he... Come when he shows up on Sunday and just grabs everybody out of the church. I don't know if it's Sunday, but he, he oh, takes the whole team at church. Line. and yeah. He's like, "God knows we have a game," and then everyone leaves and he kind of turns to the the cross and he crosses himself. But then he does like this like movie star like yeah. he like points at the cross like ah <laughs> and then leaves. So good. Um, uh, one of my favorite lines of his also is when he's um, when uh, Wrigley or Harvey. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, getting him to to manage a team. Yeah, and he's like, "Your alcoholism's behind you, or whatever." And he just like super jokingly says, "I just can't afford it anymore," and then just starts <laughs> yeah. laughing. He's like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and then the guy's like, "No, don't. This isn't no, funny." No, don't laugh at that. It's not um, funny. <laughs> there's so many weird little moments that are both perplexing and hilarious, like the creepy boy taxi driver who's like, "What do you say? So we slip funny. in the back seat and you make a man out of me." <laughs> And she just turns him and goes, what do you say? I smack you around for a while. And he says, can't we do both? And it's so, like, what the fuck? There's a lot of those moments that I'm just like, this is a wild, wild it's movie. It's a wild time. Um, yeah. Or like it's the telegram delivery guy just being the biggest oh, asshole a, in the a, world. A complete asshole. Yeah. Insane. Oh, my God. He's just like. God, all these dead husbands. Uh, just, man, like, so one of you bitches, you're going to die. Uh, <laughs> oh, someone's husband is dead, and I got to be the one to say it. Oh, this is terrible. And I, I love that uh, Hanks is like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Get yeah. the goddamn telegram and get the fuck out of here. Um, uh, there should be a supercut of movie of people in movies insisting they look terrible when they actually look super beautiful. Look incredible. Yeah, when Bill it's, Pullman shows up, and yeah, she's out like, of nowhere, he's like, you look beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, he's the blandest husband character I've ever seen. He shows up and he's, he's just stereotypical, like I'm back and I love you. Do you know what I kind of love about it though? Is like. This movie was written by women, made by women, and the husband is just like this cardboard husband. And I'm yeah. like, great. It's about time we just made some cardboard husbands. We flipped that... it. There's just a, <laughs> yeah. a dude with nothing to say. Nothing that good to do. That are purely there, purely there to inform our main character. Yep. That's the only reason they're there. They have no real reason to be there other it. than informing the character. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, those, um, those uniforms the... are ridiculous. I mean, they're they're rad, but that first moment, which is right after that really feel good moment where everyone's clapping for each other and Shirley Baker, the whole deal. Oh and then yeah, yeah, yeah. The girl gets oh, up yeah. to the, model okay, the the uniform, and everyone's like, what "Everyone the is fuck? like, we can't play in those." And yeah. watching them slide just fucking hurts. Hurts. And it's just yeah. And God, like I can't imagine not only playing a good game but having to do it with bare legs. That's just, I could not imagine. Yeah, insane. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I have about this is Tom Hanks's speech at the end, not at the end, but like when Dottie's about to leave to go back to, to Oregon and he's like, like, you can't leave, like you're going to miss this game or whatever. And she's like, it just got too hard. And he says like, that's, what's so great about this game. It's, it's the hard that makes it great. And if it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. 
And like that's the shit that baseball fans just fucking yeah. eat up. I, I like, could hear this... everyone be like, "Yeah, we fucking rock." Yeah, if it was like, hard, everyone why... would do it, and we're doing this is, it. So yeah, we rule. this is why <laughs> baseball is the best game in the whole fucking world. Is like shit like that that people who don't like baseball are just like, "Oh, that's schlocky and stupid." And you're like, "You're just jealous. You just no one don't else get just it. Like, oh, that's why yes. you hate this. You yes. don't like this because you just don't get it." Yeah. Um. Okay. Frame. You got a frame? Let's oh, move on man. to the frames. I'm, oh, you got... I was doing my, my traditional scan of my, my notes to see all this shit that we didn't get a chance to talk about. Oh, I had a really we can important, talk about... important question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is the catcher getting fucking steamrolled? Is that a real thing yes. in baseball? It, okay, so up What's until... Up until... Because, hold on, for context. 2000, in the movie, yeah. they set it up, yeah. and then it becomes a pivotal moment. Um, the catcher gets the ball and is on the plate, and the person who's yep. running home just fucking barrels essentially them. tackles them. Checks them. And it yeah. seems like it all pivots on whether or not the catcher can hold on to the Holds fucking the ball. Holds the ball. That's how, yeah, that's how it is. Okay. Um, up until 2012, uh, you could do that. It's totally chill. Jesus. Uh, what happened in 2011, uh, Buster Posey was, there was going to be a play at the plate, a collision. He went to catch the ball, swipe the tag. The runner went and checked him, and his left leg was, like, bent down, and he went back and, Uh. like, totally snapped his, like, leg and really fucked it, and he was out for a whole season. I'm shocked that doesn't happen more. I'm shocked it took till 2012 because it literally looked like a football moment. Dude, you can – here's the thing. Uh, We shouldn't have collisions anymore. That's just really dangerous, but – a good, <laughs> it's well, a good, a good collision at home is Spoken fucking exciting. Like a true baseball fan, you're like, we well, shouldn't like, have them. It's terrible. They're dangerous. Also, if you yeah. go on uh, YouTube, you can find a really good highlight reel. You can find <laughs> some crazy collisions, like, because essentially the idea was like, if you're in the baseline, the the batter can do whatever they, as long as they're going for the bag, they can do whatever they can to mm-hmm. dislodge the ball, essentially. Um, and if you go on YouTube, you can see some crazy ones of dudes just barreling in and like, like football checking these guys, and Jeez. then just like going flying. Um, yeah, I don't condone that at all. But if you are curious, there's some real wild hits uh, at home. But that's been outlawed now. Like you can't do that anymore. So it's about time. But yeah, that's very much a thing. And. I don't know it used to be exciting when a dude was barreling around third, and you knew there was going to be a play at the plate, and you were like, "Oh shit! Like, they, there might be some action." You know, like <laughs> you're kind of good. This like, "Oh shit! Like, somebody might get lit up." It's yeah. So that's very much a thing. It used to be a thing. Okay, frames. Yeah, let's do it. Let's move on. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll hit mine first because it's pretty lame. Uh, <laughs> I had two. Yeah. Um. The 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 first not the first one I thought about the second one I thought about which I'm not gonna pick but it's the shot of Madonna sliding headfirst into third uh, from behind the third baseman's legs. Yes. Do you remember that? I just thought it was a cool frame. It was a nice yeah, shot. Yeah, it was cool. This movie is but chock full of good frames. Like, just good so stuff. Yeah. Good. The one that I ended up picking though was. The profile of Tom Hanks peeing, peeing? with yeah, okay, his head yeah. back, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just his neck is. Uh, it's it, it looks like, like it looks like someone elation. took out a couple screws and just pushed his head back, and it's just dislodged. 
<laughs> it's pure, like, just, uh, <laughs> it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, All okay. Right. Um, in no particular order, I've got, there's a sunset shot with a train that's just so mm. damn cool and has nothing to do with so baseball. So um, Yeah. When we meet Marla. And she takes her hat off, and she's making that, like, hilarious face where she, like, yes. looks up, and her eyes are huge, and, and she just Levitz looks like an owl. Like, huh. <laughs> yeah, John Lennon's like, oh. Um, yeah. Even though that whole subplot is kind of unfortunate, like, and they kind of make fun of her appearance the whole movie, she did yeah. a great job kind of leaning into that comedically. Um, yeah. I've got <laughs> Tom Hanks peeing. Um, yes. That amazing pitching machine um yeah when tom yeah. hanks is hitting i just really yeah. like it like just as a machine it felt very wallace and gromit also while oh, we're on cool. the topic of ardman the training montage at wrigley field uh-huh. felt very chicken run oh that's fascinating it's, it's an almost all female cast they're all yeah. training they're all stretching in like formation and there was kind of like yeah like kind of music going on that's like we're training we're training it's patriotic that's awesome. we're training yes. like that kind of stuff going that's on so rad um so i just got major vibes from that uh what else oh that's the video clip of tom hanks crossing himself good shit good shit um <laughs> I think it's, I don't know from when it, it is, but one of the shots of Kit pitching, and she just got her leg yeah. up, and it's from behind the mound, and you see the stands, and it's just super baseball. It's a great shot. Yeah. Um, this isn't my frame, but those two, like, dorky guys that see. Love those guys. Um, Rosie, 22! Yeah, 22! 22, we love you! And I'll send it to you. <laughs> it's great, but they're just, one of them's cheering, and the other guy just like, has his lips drawn back and just kind of yeah. looks like he looks exactly they like look a family like brothers, friend of ours. Maybe? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and it's just it was just <laughs> good and heartwarming. Um, uh, so good. Yeah, I love those guys. Big fan. Yeah, and I mean, other than that, there was just a good shot right at the end of uh, of Gina Davis about to get on the really fucking cool bus, and there's just lots of cool yeah. textures and lines, and she's wearing this cool hat, but. I mean, realistically, it's either the pitching machine or it's Kit pitching. Um, Hell yeah! Those I'm gonna go frames. with I'm gonna go with Kit pitching because it's it's cool. She's in the uniform. It's the diamond. It's kind of everything all in one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So okay. this is gonna be a tough one. Yeah. We have to pick a fool. Yep. And the heart and soul of the this, film. This is gotta gonna pick be a really character. hard. <laughs> gotta narrow yeah. it down. Because there's so many characters. Um selfishly i i think madonna's just the best in this she's like she's my favorite character of all the ladies she's um she's what bill lawrence and scrubs well not exactly but he he would call the people he'd come on and have as just a bit character doing like jokes here and there he'd call them his assassins yeah because and i mean look she's third build in this movie so it's not like she's a bit part but no she serves this kind of comedic function. She brings out like her and the, Rosie O'Donnell, the kind of like you know rebel side in all of the characters. Um, yeah, she's yeah, she's just she's the cool one, really good. Um, yeah, Gina Davis is great yeah. as Dottie. She's super good. Tom Hanks is super good. 
it this is so tough because like Tom Hanks, I think is the best in this as like his as character. An yeah, as an actor, I think he does the best. But I am so hesitant to pick the only guy. I'm not gonna do in, that in this movie. Frankly, yeah, like, I know. I had that same That's thought where I, I got like... to the end of it and I ended the movie and I was just like. Hank steals the show. You know, That's the unfortunate uh, part. Is he comes in and just steals the show. <laughs> and and I think part of that is because the rest of it is kind of an ensemble deal. Like yeah, like you get absolutely. you get the two sisters and their story coming in. You get his sort of redemption arc. You get the team at large with a focus on May and Doris, Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you're getting a lot of kind of stories in one um yeah i think the reason hanks shines is because he gets his own solo story so his oh i guess his arc and his comedy and his everything that he's doing i mean it's it's he's also kind of the comedic relief yes once john lovett leaves john lovett's um it's kind of between him madonna and rosie o'donnell carrying the movie comedically Mm -hmm. because gina davis is great but she's not She's got these subtle zingers, like at, yeah. the, at the beginning of the milking scene when he's like, oh, "Doesn't that hurt them?" And she kind of says something like, <laughs> "Doesn't seem to." Yeah, doesn't doesn't <laughs> yeah. seem to, and it's just so deadpan and yeah, like in charge, yeah. and I love it. Yeah, but she's so good, and Kit is really great too. I guess if, if we're gonna is. boil this down to like the heart and soul of the movie, I, it's definitely not Madonna or Rosie O'Donnell, even though I. In terms of like the heart of the movie and mm-hmm. baseball, I, I those characters are always my favorite. The like kind of goofball entertainers, yeah, the goofy um, wacky duo that actually kick ass and like do a really good job great. on the yeah. field as yeah, well. Yeah. And like yeah. Rosie and O'Donnell's, fun. the other thing she did as well, her character is constantly shouting encouragement, is constantly like there for her team and yeah. kind of adding so that cool. aspect like that. I really yeah. dug that. I love aggressively positive people. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just fun. Yeah. Um, oh, this is tough. I feel but, like the soul, I feel like Gina Davis really is the, like, because she's like the main character. Well, yes. And I mean, you were starting to make a case for Lori Petty's Kit character because she's out there. I think she's real. Yeah. She's pitching. She's, like, she's the one who. I mean, Gina Davis is kind of a superhero in this, right? Like, she's kind of, like, the one who can do no wrong. She's the chosen one. Yeah. She's the one who's, like, the uh-huh. best in the league, you know. I feel like Everyone I feel like it would her. be fair to pick duos here. Because, oh, like... Damn it. Because, like, Gina Davis... I, I and, say damn uh, it selfishly because it just means I have to draw You don't want to draw them. I know. I know. But I think Dottie and Kit, they're a package. Like, they are both the heart and soul of the movie because you can't have one without the other kind of a yin and yang sort of situation Mm. i think it's the same goes with with uh may and doris they are the you know laurel and hardy kind of you can't just pick laurel and you can't just pick hardy like for me as a team yeah for may and doris i think i agree with that i think kit especially because she ends up going to a different team and they end up facing off Mm-hmm. I'd say that like that breaks them apart as characters for me and her scene where she has that moment where she's like, you're always fucking right. And like, you're always mm-hmm. like you, I, I wish I wrote it down. It was so good, but that was the scene yeah. that made her feel like her own character. Whereas before mm-hmm. she just kind of felt like a foil to Gina Davis's character. 
That's fair. That's yeah, totally. I feel that. Hmm. So I I'd, I'd say Lori Petty as a kid. Hell yeah, I could agree with that. And she's my favorite. I, I maintain her. that this whole debate and conversation is kind of like this this hallowed hall to honor the different performances and like really you know give people their their due and their lip service there's a lot of good people in this tom hanks fucking kicks ass he brought the heat he's so if if i could pick anyone myself it would be john lovitz because he fucking steals the first 30 minutes (laughs) of this movie so quickly (laughs) yeah he is he is fantastic um I'm glad no, he dipped, though. I'm glad, like, because that energy, you can't maintain that the whole movie. Yeah, the whole movie That just would have been weird to have somebody just insulting everyone else the whole time. I would have um, fucked with it. I think he's funny. I I agree, though. I think Kid is the, the fool, for sure. He, and I think the other thing, too, I think what makes me think that as well, knowing it's a baseball movie, Kit knows she loves to play baseball, and she is utterly committed to it. She's like, this is what I do, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take yeah. this chance. And for better or for worse, Dottie is like, Dottie is hesitant. I'm good at this and this is great, but uh, hubby's back. So I'm going to go back to Oregon. Yeah. I don't really care about this, you know? And yeah. which is fine, but you know, have your different priorities. I actually, but the fact that Kit is so like, fuck yeah, let's play some fucking baseball. Like that resonates on the level of just so exciting. this baseball movie. And like that passion is kind of infectious where Gina is the, kind of like, I'm good at this, but I could take it or leave it. The thing about, Gina Davis's character that is very true and that I actually really love about it is uh, baseball has this uh, essence, this thing where if you watched it as a kid or you played it and you leave for a while, you just don't watch baseball anymore, you say you don't like it, eventually you'll come back around and you'll be like, why did I ever leave this? And her character very much is that kind of person where she has to get pushed into it. But once she's there, she's like, this is the best thing ever. And she, like, knows when Tom Hanks tells her, like, you're good at this. And, like, and I know that you love the game. And she's like, you can see it in her eyes. She's like, yeah, you're right. But, like, I have a life. Like, I can't Mm -hmm. just, like, go out and do whatever. So her character very much is a genre of baseball person that, you know, leaves for years and then you come back and it's like you're in your childhood home again. Mm-hmm. That's the quality that baseball for me brings. And she embodies so well is like you leave for a bit, you come back and you know exactly where you are. You're, you're back, you know, it's like the back of your hand. You never forget and you can be gone forever, which I think her character embodies really well. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. The go get them like, I love this shit and I'm like not going to do anything else. Yeah. And like willing to fight for it. And I mean, she's the one kit in the beginning is the one that makes it happen. Even though Dottie's Mm -hmm. the one who catches, uh, Ernie's eye, the talent scout. Yeah. Kit's the one that runs after him and is like, no, wait, like give me a chance. And then there's that weird moment where he like, like grabs her by the, by the (laughs) arm. He's like, I'm sorry. And then kind of goes, Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> your arm's really strong your arm is really strong i would like to see you throw um i love that moment when he's walking out there and the chickens are all around him he's like ah, get out of the way yeah like, he's so have like, you ever heard of a leash ever heard of a leash he's get a away child from me, these wild animals he's like a flopping child yeah, yeah. he's so funny but, all right but I, from the beginning you know like kit is kind of like this engine kind of driving she's the that, soul yeah know? i agree absolutely fuck yeah 
Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I was not sure one. where that conversation was going to go. That's exciting. Um, if Have you ever seen The Natural? Uh, no. With, uh, with your boy, uh, Sundance Kid, Butch Cassidy <laughs> and Sundance Kid. Uh, um, Redford Newman. Redford, yeah. Gotcha. No, not Newman, but Redford. Have you ever seen The Natural? Mm-mm. I think you would fucking you see, like, love an, it, an actually. ace pitcher or something? He plays, yeah, he plays this guy who lives out in the country. It takes place in, like, the 30s or something. Who lives out in the country, and some scout comes watch comes and watches him, like, throw just at this random, like, field. Um, but it's so magical, and this there's like sunsets in the country in slow motion with him throwing and he's wearing all the old like 30s get up and stuff and there's like bugs flying and it just like like idolizes the country so well um but it also has some like really magical elements to it like he he builds a bat he he makes a bat out of wood from a tree that was struck by lightning and that's like his lucky Jesus. bat yeah, and like he, it, it's really fucking rad. It's also a book, but I th- actually think you would love it. I think you would really enjoy it. All right, all right. And everyone else listening too. We'll, we'll keep that, that baseball. Oh yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, everyone listening. Hi, didn't see you there. Yeah, we were just oh. having a conversation, <laughs> not paying attention that we were on the yeah, air. Wait, wait, Dylan. Yeah, come over here. Come over here. Listen. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I really think that um, uh-huh. you should yeah. watch uh, maybe like I don't know, The Rookie or uh-huh. something like Dennis Quaid. Oh yeah, good cool. Yeah, yeah. There's that scene exactly. in the snow yeah. where he, yeah. he throws yeah, yeah, the ball really hard. He's throwing the ball. Yeah, and his, and his brother's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Look, don't don't throw it. So cool. Hard. We should probably get we should probably get back. Yeah, you're right. Okay, like, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Sorry. We, <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, uh, so well, next week uh, we're we are what are we doing? <laughs> oh, we're doing Gemini Man. Yeah, we are. We figured for our 22nd <laughs> episode for the big 2-2, we'd go with the bum, big 2-2. The big 2-2. Um, two, two. <laughs> and watch the uh, the miracle Angly. that made it out of production hell, finally, after, God, what, 30 years? It was languishing, 25 years? Are you serious? We'll get into it, yeah. Holy shit. So we're going to watch uh, Will Smith beat the shit out of Will Smith, and... Woo-hoo! We'll report so back on how we feel about it. So Yeah, holy um, shit. Thanks again for listening. We truly yes. appreciate uh, all of you. The love. Yeah. And yeah. This is fun. We're glad that we get to make this for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you everyone. Have a fantastic night. We hope or day or whatever the fuck. Go uh, go throw the ball around with your kid. Yeah. Go play some baseball even if you don't like baseball. Just give it another chance. I mean, yeah. So, we'll catch you later. Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. You've ever seen that? You've seen Bill and Ted? Yeah, I've seen Bill and Ted. You're gonna like fade there's out that, at this point, but yeah, yeah, there's gonna fade <laughs> out. But there's that part where where he's like, "Catch you later, Bill and Ted," because they're both they're seeing the you know future them, and they say, "Catch you later, Bill and Ted," and they're like, "Catch you later, Bill and Ted."